Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am one half of the mega podcasting powers, Trip Lano. With me, as always, a man who has absolutely no idea what he's about to watch today, nope. the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And now I guess I'll just spill the beans and tell you so we can go watch it. I found the most ridiculous title I think I've ever seen in a picture. Ollie. Really? Oh, it's, it's bananas. Strap in. Okay. Ollie Hoop Noodles, Haven of Bliss. That sounds like something from Psych. Like, like Sean would make that up. It is the fourth in a series of made-for-PBS films based on the family from A Christmas Story. Wait, like Ralphie yeah. and company? Yes. It's them. Is the leg lamp there? I have no idea. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so weird. I, is... I, did, I thought there was this one and then the shitty sequel that like country music television plays. No, no. And apparently there's another sequel, too, I found on Wikipedia, like a direct sequel to A Christmas Story. But... The one that isn't the the yes the like country music one. It's like a it takes place in the summer. There's no Christmas at all. Oh, that's weird. Yes, that, stick stick to what you know, guys. Exactly. So we're about to watch this movie, but you know what that means? We gotta go back, Marty. We gotta go dissect the '80s. It's your leg lamp. Something's gotta be done about your leg lamp. When the mega powers explode, I'm talking about the '80s. <laughs> Whoa, Doc! What's what? What was that? What? Are we out of power? What's going on? Oh no! It's it's the date calendar. What what what's wrong with it? It doesn't have February 29th. I forgot to account for leap years. Andrew, move! Doc is trying to fix the time calendar. You're in the way. Trip, there are two seats in DeLorean, and I'm already sitting on the flux capacitor. Well, move! You're in. Oh my god, it's so turbulent. Hold on to uh, something. Okay, hang on. Out! Out! Doc, Andrew's out. He's unconscious. What happened, Doc? Where are we? What's happening? He hit his head. But we gotta take us in for a rough landing. It's a bad part of New York. This seems like a terrible idea, Doc. Well, so was bringing two teenagers back in time to bone his mother. Oh, all right. Andrew, Andrew, we landed. Are you there? Andrew, wake up. Wait, wait. Oh, my head. You... And once again, I find myself just wishing I was watching Go. Did, did you hear that? Basically, I just wanted this movie to be <laughs> Did you hear that? Is that the Righteous Brothers? Oh, where? I think that woman needs help. Hey. Oh, God. Oh, Quick, call, call 911. Take your cell phone out. Call 911. My cell phone is gone. My, my cell phone's gone. I don't have a cell phone either. What? Where are we? When are we? Wait, is that Swayze? Trip, I have a feeling we're not in the 80s anymore. Uh, this apartment is ridiculous. How well, How much is their rent, I do you know. Think? This is like easily like 10,000. Two-story loft? Yeah. Wait, oh. wait, is, that a, is that the podcasting table? I think it is. Why is our podcasting table in this apartment? I, I mean, there's plenty of room for it, so it's possible they had it under a sheet the whole time. I, I guess so. Well, I guess we're watching Ghost. I'm, I guess, I think we're living Ghost. <laughs> Which, you know, if if I'm gonna die in a movie, this is the movie I want to die in. It is, it is a pretty delightful movie to die in. Better than Ghost Dad. <laughs> Anything is better than Ghost Dad. Have you ever actually watched that movie? Yeah, it's terrible. It's uh, it's garbage. <laughs> it's unwatchably terrible. So, Ghost has a very, very spoopy opening. Oh my god, it's so spoops. <laughs> Soup spoops. Soup spoops. Lots of darkness and, and weird things happening. And then the sounds of construction for no reason. Yep. And then all of a sudden, two hunky shirtless dudes and Demi Moore. <laughs> Who... For the second time on this show, I will continuously confuse with Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox! <laughs> Seriously, I was like, I loved her in Scream. No, you didn't. I. You thought that last time, too. 
I don't under like they objectively look similar, but not that alike. But they look like they're cousins. Yeah, at best. yeah. But every time I watch one of her movies, I'm like, oh yeah, the fr- nope, nope, not dancing in the dark, not her, different person. Nope, that's not cor- it's not her. She's not on Cougar Town. So there's this awesome shot when we, right before we see the shirtless hunks. They like knock a hole in the roof, and it's really cool, like looking down on all three of them through a very narrow square that they and they're like, oh my god, yeah. look up there, there's so much space. It's, it's like, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. No, I, just, I think that it's refreshing to watch a movie that's like all around well done. Oh yeah, we'll get into that later. But I was I have I'm a lot like, of this, the shots and like the the camera work in this movie. I think is really interesting and well done. I have a lot of positive things to say about this movie, which I did not expect yeah. going into it. Oh, I have way more positive. Th- I have like three negative things, and I barely took notes because I was just like, oh, I love this movie. <laughs> so I can talk about this movie ad nauseum. <laughs> I've seen this movie before, but it's been a very long time, and I remembered like certain key pieces of it. And so I would see things and be like, oh, man, that's brilliant foreshadowing. Like right here in the beginning where she has he picks up a jar and there's a penny in it. And he's like, oh, look, an Indian head penny. And then later that penny is like vitally important to the to the ghost. Yeah. Part of it. And it's it's like, oh, man, like somebody talented wrote this movie. It's a well-written movie. It's very well put together. Yeah. Someone who someone who thought and had a brain in their head was like, you know what? Let's uh. Let's throw a little teasers in there. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a little foreshadowing. This is gonna pay off later. Exactly. And I'm not gonna know it. We'll yet. build. We'll uh, crazy. We'll build like a wall. We'll make a foundation and a little higher, a little higher. It'll be great. It'll be great. So busy businessmen go off to do businessing. Swayze mm-hmm. and Carl. Carl. Right. And I legitimately laughed out loud at the elevator bit where Carl pretended to be sick and Swayze kept right? yes ending him. It's so wonderful. And it's love. It's just so love because I don't think that was scripted. It felt very natural and real, and the two of them had a really good chemistry with each other. And Carl, for those who haven't seen Ghost, one, what are you doing? Two, Carl starts coughing, and Swayze keeps being like, "Oh, did you go to the doctor? Did what? What did he say? Is it still contagious? Yeah, it's really bad. It's super contagious. And your rash? Oh yeah, it's all over the place, <laughs> and the rash is contagious too. And they and the people in the elevator are horrified and keep like slowly shirking away from them. It's really Squishing really great. To the walls. Yeah, yeah. And then the doors open, and they all like boom, zoof out of there. Mm-hmm. So we quickly get into what is going to be important later. That there's this code number that the guy needs. Swayze's like, oh here, take my number and do this thing. I got to transfer some money, and it sounds he like said Mac number. Yes. You're right. It is that's so. I was like, oh, like your ATM code, like your pin, your pin number. I see. That's the thing. Like a MAC address is a way for computers to talk to each other as part of the internet. Like your individually have a MAC address. So I don't know if it's the same principle here because this is early days of you know internet and being able. This is still green on black. Yeah, yeah, but they're 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 definitely connected to other computers because they're able to transfer money. Wirelessly, not wirelessly, uh, digitally. So I think mm-hmm. it might be that, like that each terminal is a corresponding bank account, but it's not really ever explained. And I didn't really care to look up banking regulations from 26 <laughs> years ago. But right. I, I, I got even without that, I got enough to be like, oh, I understand what's happening. Like this number will be important later, and it is super duper important. Exactly. It's like it's the microchip, <laughs> the magic microchip that we need. Yes. Don't explain how, but we need it. And also, did I miss a line? Or something that explains is Demi Moore very rich as an artist. Like, is she a famous artist or just an artist? 
She's an artist who whose work has potential to be seen by the New York Times reviewers. Okay, because that's that's the impression I got too. Like later, she's really excited to get her stuff into a gallery, not like oh, I have my own show opening or anything like that. So mm-hmm. he must just make fuck you money because this, as we said, this apartment is bafflingly large. It's gotta be. Even in 1990, it's got to be at least $7,000 a month. Oh, easily. I mean, to buy a piece of property like this now would probably be – we should have contacted our New York real estate friend right? to get a – actually, we may do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'll put One it in. One of us will do that and then drop that audio yeah, in later. Yeah, we'll put it in right here. Cutting in with an answer to this question, according to a friend of the show and New York real estate expert, Matthew – the apartment is about 4,500 square feet, listed for $9.5 million back in 2012. It's in Soho on Prince Street. Renovated extensively then in movie condition, he estimates 65 to $7 million for purchase and twenty-five dollars to $40,000 a month for rent, depending on time of year and whether or not it was furnished. Well, he's like, he's, it's implied that he's sort of a Gordon Gecko type. Yes, but nice. Yeah, he's not an asshole, but it's that sort of like big money, big money. He's got the wide white suspenders that Molly gave him. Yeah, clearly that he, everyone that, that Carl wears later. Yeah, he's such an asshole. It's the best. <laughs> clearly, all of the people around him do a lot of cocaine. Mm-hmm. Swayze doesn't seem to, but clearly no. everyone else, all the cocaine. Oh, each of those drawers is full of cocaine. <laughs> there is a baby pool full of it in the break room. <laughs> and you can just like dive in and roll around in it. It's fine. They don't it's care about like the waste. a chinchilla dust bath. Yeah, exactly. So he comes home after this exchange where we're like, "Oh, these numbers will be important later." And Molly is getting like an eight foot tall, very heavy Virgin Mary delivered via a crane out there, or a pulley mm-hmm. out the window. And Swayze has on. See, I couldn't tell if she. I couldn't tell if she designed that, if she built that, that or like sculpted uh, that. That's why I was what? asking because I. It looked like she just purchased it. I think it was a Beetlejuice sitch where she was bringing her artwork into the room, into the build. Like this is what she built that she had sculpted this in their last apart, her last apartment, and was bringing it. Okay, that's not illogical. That makes sense. But Swayze has on the best Hawaiian shirt. Oh, it's beautiful. He looks like Schwarzenegger in The Running Man, where he's got like yeah, right. he's so jacked, and he Swayze is still Roadhouse jacked at this point, and so mm-hmm. he is just. Because how many years after Roadhouse is this? Like two. One. Oh, and I couldn't remember if it was 88 or They're separated by like 14 months. I looked it up. That number's okay. not 100% accurate, but that's about the bright ballpark. But he uh, jumps up, grabs a roof beam, double kicks the Virgin Mary to make it swing out. And then when it swings in, he like grabs it, drop, drops off the beam, catches it in one motion and lands on his feet. He has unbelievable I mean, reflexes. He's a superpower. He's a superhero. He is. He's like legitimately, I was in awe of the athletic feats he pulls off doing. Because so I thing. thought he was about to jump out and grab onto it and swing it. Yeah. I had, this is like the beginning of this movie. I like don't remember as clear, even though I've watched this movie a million times. Right. It's always, it's like whoopee and after there's, there's BW and aw <laughs> it is before Whoopi and two, anya it's, Whoopi. Two, it's two movies yes yeah <laughs> i thought he was gonna do that too which i guess means we watch too many superhero movies because right? we were like oh he's gonna jump out the window and catch this which is not the most <laughs> logical way to go with it neither is his though i mean his is more logical yeah his is like oh that's kind of creative nice work swayze versus like that was legitimately risking your life yeah. So 
a bunch of stuff happens. We bring in the Virgin They're Mary. They're in bed talking about something, a plane crash. Yes. And he, and then he's like, I shouldn't go. Something bad's going to happen to me soon. More foreshadowing, because, yep. Yep. And then we get the scene. Well, she says, I love you. And he says, ditto. Oh. And I was like, hey, Swayze, FYI, you are not Han Solo. Right. I mean, you're cool. You got a great head of hair. You're, you're probably like the second, cho- like could have been a second choice for Han Solo. Yeah, but you're not. So get out of here with that shit. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm sorry. And now we get the, the scene. scene. I, I mean, she's sculpting, and I've done sculpture and pottery before, but I've never—I don't think I've ever thrown on a wheel. Okay. But so, like, I have some semblance of his. Not his, I have some semblance of like background of like, okay, this is how you do that. I have to imagine it—it's a lot of work to get a sculpture that tall. Surprisingly, it's not. Really? Yeah. Have you you thrown on a wheel? Yeah, I was. I can't believe you don't know the story. Okay, so the job I have now, I work for a company that does lots of different things, and one of the things that we do is uh, art classes. And so I was like, I've always wanted to throw on a wheel. How about I go over and take a class, and then I'll write about it? And they were like, Yeah, all right, do whatever you want. So I get there, and it's me. It's like 10 a.m. on a weekday. You should have called me. I would have come. <laughs> Could have made it a thing. It's 10 a.m. on a weekday. I got a, we got a camera crew or a camera. Our camera woman is with me. I've got you know all my stuff. Me, the camera woman, instructor, and six women between the age of 40 and 50. Right. So like, if you were to draw a pool of people that would get ghost jokes, it's them. It is. It's no, it's not a Venn diagram. It's a circle. Mi- middle-aged women is the prime market for this. I, so I thought. Right. They all would have been in their 20s when it came out. So. I'm like, let me let me go let me go a little bit. Let me dance around it first, right? So, she, I sit down. The instructor is showing me how to make. Uh, I made a little bowl, and it's actually, it honestly, pottery throwing like that's really very fun. I encourage you yeah, to go try it if you get a chance. It's it's a good time if you're at all inclined to try it. So I'm throwing on the wheel, and I start humming unchanged melody. Nothing. Yeah, right. So I start singing a little bit. I start going, oh my love, because I can't really sing, but I can, like anyone can do those three words, right? Still nothing. So I finally went to full on. The art instructor came around and put her arms around me and we ghosted. <laughs> and I was like, you just made my day. And she's like, what? And I was like, you teach Lazy. pottery and you don't know ghost? We just ghosted. How? How? And she was like, I don't understand. And I was like, Swayze and Demi Moore with the pottery. And she was like, oh, yeah. What are you doing, people? What planet am I That on? should be taught. That should be taught in art class. <laughs> Right? Like, I was imagining that episode of Community where they all take pottery and th- there's a huge sign that's like, no ghosting. And then uh, one of the brothers from Arrested Development, who's the actor's name I can't remember, is like, I've seen all of them. Boy on girl, girl on boy, the hilarious guy on guy. Like, ugh, nobody got my dumb joke. So oh, disappointing. So disappointing. That's a shame. So, I do have a point to make about this scene, though. So... Having experienced clay throwing for 17 minutes or so, that shit is so hard to get off your hands. It's bananas. Yeah. I washed my hands, no lie, six or eight times, and I still had clay in, like, underneath my nail bed and in, like, crusted into the hair, like, on the inside of my wrist that I didn't catch. The two of them go from sexy clay time, knocking over the tower, to clean hands. Yeah, that's what I thought. How, how long... 
did we? What's how much do we miss? I want to see the twenty-seven minute scene where she's got like that lava bar soap with the pumice in it, and she's like really uh-huh. aggressively scrubbing his hands because she's like, "You're not touching me before your hands are clean, Sam." And he's like, "Let's just get <laughs> yeah. to it. Take your pants off." And she's like, "No, you're no. disgusting. You're not putting clay there. <laughs> that will never, ever, ever come out. No, stop it." So I, I, somebody out there, animate that scene for me of just like oh. really aggressive hand washing with the Weebor and Swayze. So then they kind of bone. Not kind of. I know. They, well, it's a, they dance. They dance around a lot. I mean, they like, do a pretty standard sexy. like it's sexy music, swirly, swirly. Cut to like next day, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have gratuitous nudity in Ghost. No, I mean we've seen his butt a lot during <laughs> during Roadhouse. I'm pretty sure he was contractually obligated to show his butt as much as possible in this era. Like, well, that's what I mean. Roadhouse and Youngblood, we saw his butt. I know, right? But not here. I know it's bananas. This... He boned a lot in this movie. <laughs> he does a lot of boning down, and no, no Swayze butt. So he goes to work the next day and is trying to figure out the the accounts are wrong. Like they have a lot of money that they shouldn't have, mm-hmm. and he of course doesn't suspect his friend who why would you right but like look at that guy i mean i guess spoiler alert spoiler alert the friend did it yeah (laughs) but he's also got whoa 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 you're just throwing out the plot at the end of the movie of a 26 year old i'm sorry if you haven't seen ghost and you listen to this podcast who are you hi (laughs) please introduce yourself (laughs) find us on twitter please just come out at or Instagram me at, at Andrew Dean Leno, please, because I want to meet you if you've listened to this podcast and have never seen Ghost. <laughs> so, yeah, Carl has totally started to mess with the Mac codes already. He's very clearly like, hey, I'll fix that for you. Why don't you let me fix it? Just you shut up and don't don't talk about it and I'll fix it. It's it's fine. What? I, that doesn't make it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Shh. And he puts his finger to his lips all sexy like. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, cut to they go, Scary Alley. We're leaving Molly's art show. No, they're leaving Macbeth. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. Which bothers they're me. They're talking they're about people, Molly's art show. That's why I got confused. They're always like in movies, oh, that Shakespeare show was so boring. And I'm like, yeah, there are generally like really long, tedious Shakespeare shows. They never pick them. They pick like Macbeth has a lot of blood and murder. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on visually in Macbeth. Right. There are witches. I feel like Swayze's character in this movie is not super duper into Shakespeare. But like I'm something even still, if you're not into Shakespeare, there's still a lot visually you can look at. There are long, tedious Shakespeare shows that you could pick. Like, oh, we watched Henry the Eighth. Like who who the fuck puts on Henry the Eighth anymore? <laughs> Nobody. But is it Macbeth for foreshadowing reasons? Oh, I didn't think about that. Because that's what I assumed it was. I didn't think about that, but that makes sense. Because it's all about death and ghosts, right? And betrayal. Yeah. So that I, okay. I thought it was thematically Macbeth. Which, again, okay. goes back to, like, this is really clearly a talented screenwriter who's, like, sneaking in these little bits to, to help fill out the movie. Mm-hmm. So they're walking And this down. is the point Go- that the movie could either become Batman... Yes. ...or become Ghost. Yes. Because this so- is super-duper, it's Batman, until this point... And this There's alley especially, yes. Whoever set I'm designed... I'm pretty sure this is the alley. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Whoever set designed it also set designed this, because it's the same alley from Tim Burton's Batman. This really, really creepy looking man. Like, aggressively creepy. I have to say, incredible casting of creepy men, because this dude is creepy, and the train ghost guy is super creepy. Oh, train ghost guy he's the worst <laughs> so really great casting of this movie all around even down to like the second and third tier actors sorry go ahead with the the scene here he says give me your wallet 
and then he slaps Demi Moore, and so Swayze obviously loses his mind. Sure. And somehow can't overpower this guy. Here's my other problem with it, right? So Demi Moore keeps yelling for help. But how about you just run in and throw an elbow? Like, you have hands, lady. <laughs> He's clearly got the guy tied up. Like, just run in and start punching him in the ribs or hit him in the dick. Go for the dick. Yeah, dick punch. Dick punch, dick punch. Go for the dick. As we've said. Nuts, nose. Nuts, nose. <laughs> how many times do we have to say it on this podcast? Hit the people in the dick. Like, just do it. Fight dirty. There's no shame He's here. He's got a gun. He's not going to play fair. That really annoyed me That how, like, 30 or 40 seconds roll by of her being like, help, 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 instead of running in. I really wish that scuffle had been very brief and then him getting shot because she looked like a doofus to me in this scene. Yeah, because she kept saying, like, um, Sam, stop. Sam, be careful. And I was like, I hate – it's like in video games when they have side characters just shout things right. to you. And you're like, just shut up. Or that one in Bioshock where she keeps throwing you crap. Like, here, oh, a potion. Here, a potion. Like, could you just... Except that's actually helpful. Right, but also... She's actually helpful. Just how about one. you shoot somebody? Here's a gun. Make <laughs> yourself useful. <laughs> she gives you health and coins and ammunition. Still, how about a gun? I will defend Elizabeth and Bioshock. How about a gun? So, we hear... So, here's my thing. Obviously, in today's world, it's very different of trailers and how much gets leaked online. Right. So, did the audience going into this movie know that Patrick Swayze was the ghost? I have not watched the original trailer, but I'd be stunned if this was supposed to be a shock to them. Because it's, it always annoys me when things get set up really well that, you know, there's the gunshot and you see the the mugger running away and you see Sam chase after him and then stop and then turn and come back to the camera. And there's a moment of, oh, if you you had no idea, then this would be a, this is a really solid reveal. Yeah, I I, I guess we should have, we could watch the trailer and answer, find the answer to this question, but I I would be stunned to find out people were shocked that Swayze died in this movie. Hmm. Well, because Demi Moore, I was like, maybe Demi Moore could have been the ghost, like the titular ghost. I, I have to imagine the ad campaign around this movie would be structured as such. A love story so strong, not even death could take them apart. And then, like, them at the clay wheel. Okay. Like, if I was marketing that move, this movie, that would be how I would do it. So. I, I agree. Th- that's my two cents for what it's worth. But it is cool because I, w- I was like, wait, I thought he died. And I know that he dies in this. Like, I, yeah. I've i seen it and you I know. The mom. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Isn't he supposed to be dead? Oh, he's turned into a ghost already. He is the ghost. Yeah. Got it. He is the ghost from the movie Ghost. <laughs> that, that, this. This is Ghost. Oh, right, 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 right. Well, the other thing that I, uh, speaking of till death do you part, she kind of proposes to him. It's not real, yeah, but she... I like that they had the female character be like, I want to marry you. Yeah. And him. And have it not be, and him be like, oh. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, what? It was, I was like, go, go writer. Yeah. Write that strong lady. Yeah. No, she's, uh, the only quibble I have in this movie is that Demi Moore spends 30 seconds yelling for help instead of running in with a knee or an elbow or a purse. So if if I or a broken bottle, yeah. If you just this alleyway has to be full of just trim twenty seconds out of that scene, have her yell one time, the gun go off, and then boom, that's fine. Three yells, get in there, scratch and claw, bite. Mm. So I also speaking of more gushy about ghosts, they go to the funeral and they very quickly set up the rules of how the ghost thing works with the old man at the funeral. That's the hospital. I'm sorry, hospital. You're right. Forgive me. 
I, I read two notes next to each other. <laughs> the, the old man at the hospital, the hospital scene precedes the funeral scene, as you would. The old man at the hospital very clearly establishes the way this universe works, and we see a couple other people, like, rise out of their bodies, and then one guy... Oh, we should mention that Swayze ha- saw, like, a beam of light with fireflies coming out of it and, and he walked away from it. it. Yeah. So we see a guy die, have a heart attack or something, and die and go into the light, and the old man does some ominous, like, ugh, sometimes it's the other ones. And it's brilliant. Like, you're, you you want to know what those other ones are. You know that it's bad, but you know it's going to pay mm. off later. It's just, I, I can't believe how much I enjoyed watching the movie Ghost. It's this really, movie is good. I know, but it's, like, my perception of this movie is, like, I probably saw it 15 years ago. Is I remember the really goofy clay scene, and I remember Otome, who's ridiculous. But in the, the con- best part of the movie, but in context, she's not that like she's ridiculous in the perfect of ways. And so I always caught, thought it was kind of ridiculous that she won an Oscar for this, much like Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. But you go back and watch those movies, and they're both excellent, like super great in the roles that they play. And so I spent the entire they were like time- given they were handed roles on silver platters, right? Like perfectly catered to what their capabilities are, and then they nailed them. And so mm-hmm. I was, I just this whole time watching this, found myself being like, "Gosh, this is this is a really good movie." I guess I really like Ghost. This is the thing it's I a, have to admit. I to told myself. you, Trip. We could have been watching Ghost this entire time. <laughs> Every two weeks, just another <laughs> podcast about Ghost. We do the best idea of all time instead of the worst idea of all time. We just watch Ghost every time. Oh, my God. That'd be great. Have you heard that podcast where the guys watch Grown Ups 2 yeah, every week? I thought it was something else. But I did, Their I knew, second I there season, was, was is, that they're almost done with, was Sex in the City 2. Oh, oh <laughs> they watch, Minnelli. They watch the whole the same movie every week and write, do a podcast about it. Shout out to Worst Idea of All Time. So we go to Sam's um, funeral. I have to say okay, the the animation and the effects in this movie still for t- being twenty six years old, not terrible. Everything but the gremlins. The like the horrifying men at the end that terrified me as a child. Yeah, the black shadow monster things. They're the only mm-hmm. part that I think is weak. Everything else yeah. is really really good. Even the split screen's what, pretty good, and split screen technology is kind of butt until five years ago. Yeah. Right. Um. But, like, when the, the guy who has a heart attack in the hospital gets taken out of his body, I, like, leaned in to watch because you can see the shape of a person become amorphous, become a wisp, and, like, you see his progression up into the ether. Yeah, it's a really good digital effect, and this is the very early days of digital effects. Mm-hmm. Well, I assume it's a digital effect. It could have been a painting, I guess. I don't know. It did look a little hand-drawn. Yeah, so maybe it was. So we get to Sam's funeral, and we see a bunch more ghost action where they're, like, drifting through uh, tombstones and the like. And then, of course, Sad Molly, as you'd expect, bumming around the giant-ass apartment that legitimately right. an entire football team could comfortably reside in. All 50 some members. That has to echo. There has to be a 100% of an there's an echo in there. 100%. Ghost was turned into a musical, and it's a very bad musical. But there is one song that's good, and I said this in 9 to 5, so I'm just, I was like, this will be, when, there's a, when there's a musical version of what we're watching, I'm just going to talk about it for a second. <laughs> this moment of, and they even took lines and put them in the, in the song of, you know, I, I picked up your shirts this morning, I don't know why, he to say hello, and I started to cry. It's a the only good song in the movie Ghost, and it's called With You. Okay. And it's about, like... You took you took my life with you. You took my world with you, and it's really pretty and beautiful. So if you have the chance, look it up. And it's 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 a it's a very it's the only good song in Ghost. Is that when she sings it when she's all bummed out after he dies? Yeah, it's right there. Okay, but I liked I liked. I mean, he did a good. 
the, the again, this is more just like world building. We see that there's other other ghosts. We see the way they interact with things. We start to pick up on the fact that they can obviously drift through stuff, and we see that like Swayze's going to have to learn to do some things. And then we see because the guy says doors are no big deal. You just whoosh. Yeah, and we find that out later. But at the time, kind of crazy. So Swayze walks near their cat, and the cat can see him. Yeah, and, which I like. Yeah, and and and. Again, another bit that pays off later when the cat attacks the creepy murderer. Mm-hmm. But Molly's going through a box of stuff and throwing out some things and keeping others. And she comes to like a Rolaids roll with three Rolaids in it and mm-hmm. is like, no, nah, I'm going to keep that. And I was like, oh, oh, that's our mom. Not in death, just day to day. But the best is Sam is there hanging out in the back room. And like, why, why are you keeping that? <laughs> We hated that concert. Yeah, yeah, that concert sucked. Why are you keeping this? It was thing? the it was the equivalent of me as a ghost being like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> and Carl, this is where we start to really learn about Carl, and you can see him setting the trap for clearly he wants to bone zone Molly. Oh yeah. Now, normally I get annoyed at super duper nepotistic casting, and I'm fine with it here because he does a good job. But I think we should note that this is a Goldwyn, as in. MGM Goldwyn. Oh, as in Metro Goldwyn Meyer? Yes. His grandpa was a studio head. Oh. <laughs> Not that he is bad no, in the role. No, he's good in this. And I've seen him in other stuff, too, and didn't realize he was Carl from Ghost. But he's actually a pretty decent actor. And he is super great in this. I, I will revise that. He's not pretty good. He's excellent in this. He's a really good slime He ball. plays it to the hilt. So he, like, subtly tries to steal the shoebox. And she's like, oh, no, that's that's the stuff. That one's not yeah. for a throwaway. That one's for me. It's Oh, because in the beginning when he gave him the Mac code, he had it in his little address book, which was like the size of a matchbook. Right. Completely impractical. And then you see it. And then when he changed the codes for something, he didn't give it to him again. So now he sees it in the shoebox and wants to keep it. That's why he was going to steal it. Yeah, and so that's we start you, again start for the one to, of you who has not seen ghosts, right? And at this point, you can start to piece together the motive for the murder. Mm-hmm. So then he gets her out of the house to be like, "Oh, Molly, come on, take a walk with me." And here's what I don't understand: so he clearly tried to take the shoebox out of the house and was thwarted, and then instantly was like, "You know what? You should come on a walk with me, Molly." So at what point did he communicate with the bad with the mugger that the it was in the house, so, and that he should go in and so steal it. So what I think happened was he told the mugger he was going over there and that he needed to go look for this thing, and he was going to try to get it, but he was also going to try to take her out of the apartment, so wait and watch, and as soon as you see us leave, go in. Uh, okay, got it. That, that, that is the only explanation for how quickly those scenes happen. But I want to say, I meant to mention this earlier, Swayze keeps like commenting on the conversation they're having. He's like sitting around the periphery of it. It must have been really awkward to film that. Yes and no. I've been a ghost in a show before. But he keeps, like, yelling at them. Yeah, I was doing that. It was... It's it's weird. I mean, it's it's more fun for, for the ghost than it is for the actual people. Sure. But it it's, it's not as weird as you would think. So, Molly comes back in. The murderer is in the apartment. Swayze uses the cat to jump and tackle the murderer, who then runs out of the house while it Molly's... scratches like, him right in the face. Right. And then, and then he he tails him home, right? Yeah, and that's when he gets on the train, and we meet the train ghost. Yeah, the subway ghost who looks real creepy. Yes, and looks he looks like an actor, and I can't remember who. He's a really prolific character actor. He's another one who did like he had three or four movies come out after he died, mm-hmm. like the guy we talked about in Youngblood. He has probably yeah. 150 IMDb credits. 
Uh, I think his last name Ooh. is Cho- Chevelli. I wrote it down and I can't read my own handwriting, which is really impressive. I think it's something mm-hmm. Chevelli, but he's got over okay. 100 IMDb credits. He's a pretty prolific character actor. I know I have seen him in other things, although I couldn't pull him off the top of my head. But he is awesome. So, so good. Really angry and, and crazy-eyed and just exactly what you want. He's the ghost version of the crazy person you wouldn't want to sit next to on a train. Oh, exactly. Yes. You look him up. Oh, he was in Batman Returns. That's Oh, uh, okay, okay. Got it. Okay. He had the monkey in Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely know who that guy is. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, we could become... What did you call them? The two sections of the movie? Oh, uh, A.W. It's B.W. before Whoopi and A.W. Anya Whoopi. Anya? Anya. Like, Anya Domine is in the year of our Lord. Oh. A.D. I see. Not after death, as like a lot of people think. Right, right, right. So, I thought you meant Anya as in Buffy, and I was very confused. No, Anya. Different Whoopi. thing entirely. Okay. She gets an awesome entrance where they're like, oh, we have to summon our spiritual leader, and she comes out of a closet? Yeah, they open it, show it's empty, and do like a little Vanna White magician hand of like, <laughs> no, the closet is empty. Shut the door. Open it, and she's there in a golden robe. <laughs> so sparkly. So sparkly. And so I didn't realize, A... I forgot how much Oda Mae Brown reminds me of Aunt Donnie. Really? In her, like, no bullshit, like, sassiness. Okay, okay. And B, how much of my personality I took from Oda Mae Brown. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, because I was thinking it. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is and... apparently, Oda Mae is apparently, like, a foundational player in what became Andrew. <laughs> Seriously. Unbeknownst to me. This is an actual fact. This is not a goof for the podcast. This is just like, oh. Like, sometimes I forget foundational bits, right? Like, I yeah. I, I have a couple of facial expressions that I recently learned I stole from Paul Newman, which makes sense because I watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, yeah, a lot. A lot. You had that, that card-shaped CD that didn't play. Right, right. But this is like a foundational piece of your sense <laughs> of humor is Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost. Seriously, though. And I, I for, I, it was like sort of, it was, it was my drop the cup moment of, oh my god, <laughs> the glass shatter. I'm, yeah, I'm Oda May Brown, <laughs> and I'll take it. I mean, there's worse Whoopi Goldberg roles I could be. Uh, you could be the cop in Theodore Rex for, 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 for one thing. I could, or I could be stuck on the View. <laughs> that seems like a fate worse than death. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I am Oda May Brown, and I'm glad that you also noticed that. <laughs> yes. So Swayze starts being like, hey, Otome, you're... Well, no, he says something to himself. As oh, yeah, he's muttering under his breath. And she's kind of like, who... Okay, and goes back to work and then eventually starts screaming and be like, who's saying that? <laughs> Do you hear that? I'm not really psychic and I hear a voice that's not in this room. What is happening? <laughs> like, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Pants-shittingly terrifying. Like, you make a career being like, fuck psychic shit. That's not real. Yeah. Oh, God, it's real. <laughs> it is very real. It's in my lap. Fuck. See, that's uh, – later we find out that she's a third-generation psychic. And I wonder if she believed her grandmother and her mother were psychic because we don't ever – it doesn't – I don't think she did. It's sort of them – she said – well, she says they had it. it doesn't, she doesn't say it in a way that sort of they, – they, uh, they saw ghosts. Right, but how did she learn to be such a good huckster if her grandmother and mother were legitimately psychic? I guess that's coming from her con man training that we learn about later. Yeah. Well, I think – I would assume her grandmother and mother were legitimate psychics and sort of like ran businesses like she had but legitimately. So she saw the idea of how it worked. And just did it fake. Right, right. 
So she is convinced to call Demi, who immediately hangs up on her, like, go jump off a bridge. And then Sam is refusing to let her let this go. And this is a scene that I didn't remember at all, but I really, really uh-huh. remember this snippet of the Henry VIII song. And I wonder if it's just, like, osmosis into my brain because Mom watched this movie a whole bunch or something. But I definitely mm-hmm. have, for no reason apparent to me, seen the number eight and thought, I am Henry VIII, I am. I am. Yeah. So, because well, immediately he was like, "I won't let this go," and just it, it smash cuts to him singing in the middle of the night, and he clearly has been singing all night. Yes. And she keeps like, rolling a- over and like smushing in her, her purple onesie. <laughs> you missed that part. She's wearing a purple onesie. Her outfits in this movie, I think, are close. Like, the fact that this didn't win for costume design <laughs> at the Oscars, <laughs> it's because she robbed. looks like an alien. She dresses the way you dress an alien in Men in Black, and also the Hunger Games. <laughs> But it's almost as good as Cindy Lauper back in Vibes. Like it's almost. Oh, to it that is level. on par. Like they shared a wardrobe. Yeah. I think their stylists same, were the same. Same person. designer. Same designer. Because her pink outfit when she goes to the bank is primo <laughs> with the pillbox hat and the little veil. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty delightful. Ugh. So she has made her way to Demi Moore's apartment, and mm-hmm. I don't remember the context for this line, but either Sam tells Whoopi or. Demi tells Whoopi, but somehow it's revealed that the reason that Demi went out with Sam is because he used the same Henry he- VIII tactic. Henry VIII bit. Mm-hmm. Which is categorically insane and creepy. Which is def- the definition of stalker. But it's even beyond stalker. It's like psycho abuser. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah he well, literally it, tortured her into until go- she said yes. He Stockholm syndromed her. That's it. Like, he straight up Stockholm syndromed her. She was like, anything is better than this. Fine, I'll go out I with guess you. find this fresh hell. <laughs> I'll marry you. Whatever. Just stop doing that. <laughs> Whatever you want. So, another weird random aside. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail. They let her... So, that Whoopi's like, hey, he wants to say... He wants to, Here's, like, eight things that no human could possibly know about your relationship. Right. And she's like, mm, still not enough. Beyond... It's beyond, like, your husband was... A man who had hair, <laughs> and he took you on a date once. It's even beyond he, the generic of, like, you guys recently celebrated a big event where it's, like, letting her fill in the gap. She has a very specific, unquestionable... That sweater that you knitted, it's in your closet, it's four sizes too big because the sizing was wrong? Right. Like, like how the hell no one, do you know yeah, that? Unless she broke into your house, tried on a sweater... <laughs> <laughs> measured you while you were sleeping and then we're like or held it up to other sweaters and was like nope nope <laughs> that like that is very specific knowledge that she has but still to me it's like uh name 10 more things mm, 10 mm-hmm. more 10 more and yeah. so Whoopi's finally like i've had enough and w- i'll post this picture on the website she goes uh, like she's silhouetted against the door Whoopi's clothes and the door are the same color they are, yeah. That she's got that. She also um, sometimes people when they like vacation in tro- like I just played. I was playing Dead Island recently, and when people are on the vacation tropical islands, they have the like around the neck pouch for their like for a their coin valuables, coin, like a coin pouch thing. Sort of, but like you can put money in there. Okay, or, yeah, I know what you're talking about something like that. It's like a little bigger. That's what she wears as a purse. <laughs> Did you notice she that? She does. She does. It's have. this tiny little like it's a, maybe it, the size of an envelope. Yeah, that's all she needs to carry with her. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, she's like, oh, the guy who killed him, his name is Willie Lopez, and he lives at this address, so you should do something about it. That's it. 
I'm out of here. Peace. Oh, Sam was rude to her. Sam <laughs> Sam gave her attitude, and this is. I think this is the moment I was like, oh, it's me. Like, fine then, I'm out. You can deal with your own shit. Ghost boy. You apologize to me first. <laughs> I am not talked to that way. You apologize, and then I continue. I am a strong, real person, and you are a ghost. I have all of the power. You have zero power. <laughs> you ain't got shit. Have a nice death. Have a nice life. Peace. That is your actual line. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Carl the Slimeball returns and is like, hey, you got to kill this Otome Brown lady. And the creepy... No, girl- because... He shows up to like comfort Demi, and and, his, and Demi and he, Demi's all like, "Oh my God!" Like this woman came, she knew all these things, and he's like, "She must be crazy." By the way, what was her name? No big deal. But what was her name? What and what, name? and where she lived? What was did, and what did he? What did she tell you? She said this. Uh, who was the murderer? And he lived where? And what? What was the detail again? Can you speak louder into the lapel microphone I'm wearing? Can you sketch her face? Uh, can you tell me about Did she look like someone who would one day win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony? Spoiler alert, yes. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg is one of 12 EGOTs. EGOTs! 12 competitive EGOTs. Competitive EGOTs. Oh, right, no, no uh, lifetime achievements. There's four people who are non-competitive. Right, right, mm-hmm. no lifetime achievements. So at this point, we learn that, like, Carl is the mastermind and had yeah, Sam Yeah, because he goes to it. He's like, I'll investigate. Don't you worry. So Molly, and- Molly goes to the cops and baby Stephen Root is the detective, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, he was. I I know him from True Blood. Uh, Milton from Office Space. That too. The guy from but Dodgeball. I, I, yeah, that I know. I, I know him more as like the guy like True oh, Blood. Oh, okay, yeah, most. yeah. No, Stephen Root's a great actor. He's a character actor, kicks butt, and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he brings out Otome's file or files. <laughs> he has like somehow in an era before this would have been possible. He has, I guess, he must have like run a database search, but he pulls up a lot of information about Otome Brown and her criminal from, history, like stuff from Louisiana, yeah, and Florida. And I'm like, I feel like you maybe she got arrested in New York, and that's why. And they just pulled the files there. Yeah, like they they got they, they got that record from elsewhere, but it seems a little quick. Mm-hmm. He's like. She's like, Willie Lopez, pull his record. After the lady cop is like, I have better things to do. I was like, her husband, her boyfriend died two days ago. Yeah, a little tact would have been nice, but I also am kind of on this lady's side of like, I'm not running down the lead of this of this at all. Like, that's a terrible idea. But like, don't be an asshole about it. Like, I'm grieving, A. At least pretend you're going to do it till I leave. Yeah, I guess that would work. And Otome has, like, eight different identities that she's used over the years and, like, pulled all these scams. And she's like, oh, well, I guess, uh, okay, I'm going to weep now because my husband is really gone yep. and is never communicated with me. Yep. So uh, thank you very much. Super duper glad for the help, guys. You are awesome. Go team. Good hustle out there. <laughs> High five. So Carl's back to stealing more money. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to visit Molly. And <laughs> the transition from, like... Oh no, I spilled something to taking off his shirt is so ridiculous. I don't know. He's such an idiot. (laughs) Like, but it's funny because this movie is 26 years old. I wonder if it's like, this is the first time someone did that in a movie. Oh, maybe. Versus this is like a standard movie trope at this point. Well, also here's the thing. He pours the coffee on himself and then takes his shirt off. And when she goes, oh, do you want me to put that in the wash? She's like, no, that's fine. 
I was like, then why did you take it off? It'll it'll dry, crumbles it into a ball and throws it in the corner. Not like that, it won't. <laughs> why did you take it off, dude? Now you're sitting around shirtless. We have to put weird. some club soda on that at the very least. It's going to set. <laughs> right? We're, like, what are you doing? This coffee stain is going to... I have some spray and wash. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's unbuckling his pants and kicking his shoes <laughs> right? off. And then he tries to kiss her, and she like lets it happen for a minute, and then it's like, no, wait, Sam, is his body's not even cold. Literally. <laughs> And, she, and Sam jumps over the table and accidentally knocks a picture off. Right, which leads and it's us... kind of like... <gasps> yeah, the, and, and, and starts to give Sam ghost powers. The subway ghost had that earlier, too. Right, So, but this is when Sam starts to get his powers, and he realizes he can have them, so he goes and runs down the train guy, he finds him, and then we get uh, getting your superpowers montage. But it's not a real montage because it's 1990. Yeah, that's right. It's it there's just, no music. Nope. It's just a couple of long takes. There's not. There's nobody's like strong desire. <laughs> Sometimes we use a song to move the story along. Oh, I really wanted that. Somebody should cut the Rocky for strong desire song into Sam trying to knock that shoe off top the trash can <laughs> and just like whooshing his hand into it over and over again, and then finally no, doing I it. Want- I went like the heavy, like up tempo version of Unchained Melodies. <laughs> all, all my love. It's like all a... my love. <laughs> I give to you. So he learns how to move stuff and manipulate it, and then the train guy runs her off, and it's like later movie. Well, <laughs> disappears, never to be seen or heard from again. Nope. No idea what happened to him. Well. When he at the end he he breaks the cigarette machine has like a, an emotional breakdown and then says who are you to Patrick Swayze yeah and I couldn't tell if he like had a weird memory wipe moment or was just like who do you think you are I'm leaving <laughs> I don't I don't I didn't quite understand what that was I thought that would be something that would come back later but it never did yeah there was no like ghost memory loss no thing. so I didn't I didn't know what that the, the deal with that was. So Sam goes back to visit Otome, and this time she is doing a real deal seance with, like, a bunch of people. And then a guy jumps into her body, and she... Well, she also sasses the people, because she's talking to Sam, and she she can't see him, she can only hear him, so she's kind of, like, vaguely looking in a direction she thinks the sound is coming from. Right. Um, And so she's not looking at the people, and the person at the table is like, are you talking to me? And she goes, does it look like I'm talking to you? (laughs) I'm clearly not making eye contact. Shut up over there. Hold it down. You were Calm, the sack Give of it crap. a minute. <laughs> you are not a ghost. Shut up. <laughs> Sam Wheat. And then someone jumps into her. And we get, it's autumn sunrise. <laughs> it's real weird. <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> Super into her perfume for five seconds for no reason. To her hair. It's her oh, hair the color. hair color. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot. And then he jumps out of her body, and the one another ghost says to him, "Like, don't you know that really tires you out to jump into a human's body?" That's gonna audience. Be, that's gonna be helpful later. Hey, audience. audience do you see what we just wink. did? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> so she. So all of a sudden, Willie. She kicks everyone out and talks to Sam, and then Willie comes in, and he's like, "You tell me who I am, psychic lady." And Sam goes, Willie? And she goes, she's like, Willie? Uh-oh. <laughs> and Willie immediately loses his shit and just whips the gun out and starts firing randomly. So she she flips, she like, real housewife style, flips her psychic table at him yes. and dives into the closet, into the secret room. And Sam tries to shield her with his body and it's like, hey, bud, you're a Remember? ghost. <laughs> 
Even if you could stop those bullets, you got shot already. <laughs> you would you would die if you weren't a ghost, but also you're a ghost. That's that's not a helpful thing. You are the ghost from the movie Ghost. <laughs> you are the ghost. The titular ghost. That is you. <laughs> the eponymous ghost. So he convinces her to go do this bank job to put on some nice clothes. So she puts on the awesome pink outfit we talked before with like a it's little. It's like a black dress with a pink jacket with black cutout detail. Oh, it's it's primo. Little pillbox hat and a veil. It's delightful. white lace gloves. Yes, and she goes through all this rigmarole to get this. He's coaching her. He's like, just say this, say these words, and we'll get through this just fine. And I, it occurred to me that if you had a Bluetooth these days this would be way easier to do and i think i've seen a ghost thing where somebody pops in a bluetooth so they can talk to the dead yeah uh, I, which i like that theory of sort of how else you can talk to this person without like text typing it out and letting them say the words right so it, it's funny it's fun one of those you know technology didn't exist so she has to just look like a crazy person things mm-hmm. I, I also really loved them being like all right so four million dollars how would you like that tens and twenties 20s <laughs> and the guy, the guy looks at her like you can't possibly think we have four million dollars in cash at this bank right in the very least in tens and 20s <laughs> in any denomination we don't have four million like dollars hundreds if you said hundreds potentially tens and 20s even that four million dollars is a huge like it's the space of that suitcases is, yes worth. that's so huge <laughs> so she Goes out- Four million dollars. Four million dollars. <laughs> and she goes outside, and Sam's like, "All right, write the check over to these nuns because, oh, by the way, this is a sister act prequel." Right. I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "That's why she went into the habit." She did. She knew that she went back in the habit. She she knew those sisters had four million bucks, and she had to go infiltrate them to get it out. It's really Find quite Maggie brilliant. Smith. <laughs> is Maggie Smith oh. in Sister Act? Yes. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> I had no idea. Hang on. I am 99.9999. I don't think that you're Google. wrong. I just don't know anything about Sister Act. How, Sister Act, uh, uh, do you not like Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> I, is this what we're learning? I haven't. Sister Act is not high on the list of movies I rewatch. I've yeah, seen no, it one time. Maggie Smith is in there. I've seen Sister Act once. I know Sister yeah. Act 2 exists. <laughs> And Sister Act also features music by the guy who wrote the musical Hairspray. This has been fun facts about not the movie we're watching. About Whoopi Goldberg with Andrew. (laughs) So she signs over the $4 million check to the nun and is like, I hate you, Sam. I hate you. I thought I was keeping this money. Bye. (laughs) He's like, then they would just kill you? Oh, you're dumb. So Sam goes to torture Carl in one of my favorite scenes of this movie. Where mm-hmm. he's like kicking, he's pushing his way around the office in a chair, so this chair is just invisibly moving. And then he gets up and he types "murderer" on his computer, and then and then Sam, 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 Sam. Sam, Sam. <laughs> it's so good, it's so stupid. Carl freaks out, of course, and then he goes to Molly's apartment. Oh, Molly was in the bank. Did we say that? Yeah, Molly. Oh, we didn't. Molly saw Odame and was like, "Hey, that was Odame." And they're like, "No, nah, that was whatever fake." Rita Miller. Rita, thank you, Rita Miller. It's lucky he had he put the money in a uh, in our lady's name. Otherwise, this never would have worked. No, yeah, it is, that is a little convenient. Um, so Carl freaks out. He goes to see Willie. Molly. No, Molly. No, Because is- Molly, Molly says, oh, uh, did that have anything to do with the psychic being at the bank today? Right, right, and right. he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, yeah, she was there, but they said her name was Rita Miller. 
And he's like, oh, I know where the money is now. <laughs> yeah. So then he six Willie on Otome, and the two of them go to try to kill her. And th- After he threatens to kill Molly in the apartment. Yeah. Sam. He's like, I need Pepto-Bismol. Sam. And he, she leaves, he's like, Sam, I will cut her fucking throat. <laughs> he, he gets, I am not playing he around, He gets the Sam. crazy eyes going and everything. He goes full on nutty. He's so sweaty. From here to the end, he is just a ball of sweat. Because they don't show it, but he's very high on cocaine. Yeah, he is. The end of... The <laughs> end of yeah, he's got dilated pupils. pupils. Of the face. Yeah, the end of this movie is very similar in tone and speed to me to Goodfellas. Really? Yeah, the last act of Goodfellas where he's like seeing helicopters and going crazy. Like if this movie was from Carl's POV, I feel like it'd be the same movie where he's just like, "Oh my god, everything is falling down around me. I have to kill him. I have to do all the things. Where's my cocaine?" See, I want to see this movie a from Carl's POV, but also Oda Mays. Like, I want the story of the fake psychic who finds out she's a real psychic. Yeah, that would be really entertaining. Someone should write that movie. I'm going to cut this out. Has we, that been a thing? We should write this movie. Let's cut that yeah, out. I want to write that movie. I'll, I'll play Otome Brown. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, Please. Let's cut this out. Let's cut this out. And chop. We'll, yep, chop. Yep, yep. I will play Otome Brown. And when I accept my Oscar, I will accept it on behalf of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so there's a big chase, and there's a really great scene where they're like, Sam is trying to distract them in Otome's apartment, and he like knocks this guy into the shower and turns it on and then he writes boo in the mirror which i love i do too. it's so cl- it's simple and classic even though it would be literally impossible for the shower to have steamed up that room in that amount of time i don't care it's unless a good it was freezing unless it was like freezing cold <laughs> Otome's apartment is actually in the arctic it's a weird yeah, right? time hole situation uh, we run outside, and Willie gets hit by a car, like, really seriously hit by a car. Here's the thing, though. So they show that he, his, he's, like, there's a car that's parallel to the way the street, they're perpendicular to the street runs, and he's against it, and then a bus T-bones it with him there, and then his ghost goes flying, and they go back, and suddenly he's laying on the hood of the car, and I was like, no, 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 his top half might be laying on the car. Right. But his leg parts definitely were squished between a car and a bus. <laughs> yeah, I found that a little weird, too, that he his soul kicked out of his body that hard. It seemed kind of... I guess he was hit very no, the soul. No, when he goes back, his actual body is laying on the car. Yeah. His it, soul gets kicked out by the force of the bus, right. but like his whole body is laying on the hood of the car. Oh, I thought his like lower legs were dangling down the side. No, he definitely... It was definitely whole body uh, on the car. okay. Somehow. But then... So, I, in my head, remember these gremlin things being terrifying no they they were i think it's the noises for me it was the noises they made i don't remember what i was scared of but i remember being very frightened of these and then i saw them and was really disappointed that it was something i had built up to be scary something from the opening sequence of nightmare before christmas i mean just literally anything more than a very quiet no i'm sa- these are literally from the those shapes the dark shapes with the faces cut out yep. or from the nightmare before christmas oh really they're on the gravestones oh they sing in that run, though, so a little different. I gotta blow my nose. Okay, um, so the this is where we find out who the other guys are, and it's these creepy shadow goblins who come out and if you can drop in their audio, I know you drop it. You're doing a lot of editing. <laughs> if you can drop in their audio here. That is the sound, like, it terrified me. And, like, even still, as an adult, there's sort of an inherent, like, oh, God, I hate that sound. No, it is creepy. I just, I remember being very frightened of this as a child, and it's one of those. Me too. I mean, it's one of many things that I was very frightened of as a child that I look back now, and I'm like, God, I was a wimp. There's a movie called My Boyfriend's Back, where this guy comes back to life. Yeah, as a zombie. Yeah, and he eats the coach, but, like, it's comedy. It's 
a, a, the coach is a big fat guy, and it's the scene Obviously. is the legs down is fine, and the coach's head is fine, but and everything in between is like skeleton body, and the coach is like, <laughs> you didn't finish me. I literally ran out of the room screaming, and I looked it up <laughs> at our cousin's house, and I looked it up some years back and was like, God, that's embarrassing. I was such a wimpy child. Well, Monster Squad once scared me so bad the first time I watched Monster Squad yeah. that I ran up a hit under mom and dad's bed. <laughs> so somehow two wimpy kids grew into ones who loved horror movies. It's weird how that happened. But I also, as a fun fact for Andrew that I tell people and they're like, like I told my boyfriend this and he was like, are you sure you're not a serial killer? I was <laughs> like, when I was a baby, I wouldn't go down for a nap unless mom read me a scary story. And he was like, what? And I was like, they were like for like first and second graders, so they're not like blood and bones, right. but they're scary stories. I have the book still, so I can read them to my children. And he was like, "Are you sure you're not a serial killer? <laughs> like, have you murdered someone? You can tell me." So then they're in a cab, and Whoopi's like, "Step on it," and Sam is like, "I'll just step on it for him." And Sam puts the pedal down to the floor. Pretty sure that would end with all of them dead. Sam yeah, double dead. And then May's like, "Oh, to May's like, is there a problem up there?" Didn't think so. Shut up and drive. He's doing like 90 miles an hour weaving through cars. and she, she, he, All the other cars are like... <laughs> yeah. So he gets to the door of the house and he's like, Otome, get a, get a penny out of your bag and push it under the door. And it occurred to me that when eventually they remake this movie, because eventually they're going to remake this movie. That's what I thought about. It's going to have to be a credit card because oh, who's carrying do... a penny in 20 whatever it'll be? My boyfriend, actually. I carry a lucky Sacagawea dollar in my wallet, but... No, he has a he has a coin purse in his wallet. That's real weird. I know. I, I make fun of him for That's it constantly. super weird. I do not ever carry cash unless it's special circumstances dictate. Oh, cash in general? Yeah, no cash. Oh, I have cash. Well, I still have cash over from my server days. All the money. Of a year ago. All the money is plastic and whatever. I don't, I don't want to touch dirty money. But so he pushes this penny up the door and she's like, oh, my God, it's clearly Sam. This is a penny. And <laughs> this is a penny. <laughs> she lets Whoopi in and they have like a moment and he's like, she's like relaying it. And she's like, I wish I could touch you one more time. And Whoopi's like, oh, just jump in me or whatever. And it maybe, I don't think it sounds like that. <laughs> that's basically what she says. That's accurate. If if this is drunk history, let it go. But it made me mm-hmm. remember. Did you ever have to read The Lovely Bones? No, I didn't. But I know you hated it. Well. I didn't care for it, but we read it in school, and I remember being like... Oh, doesn't her... She, like, watches her sister bone under a boat or something? No. In The Lovely Bones, she goes into the body of her sister and bones her boyfriend. Oh, that's what it is. I knew that... But aren't they under a boat or something? No, they're in the shower. Oh, I thought you told me there was a boat involved. There, There might be a boat in the book. I don't really remember. But I just remember being like, all the shit... They give like Catcher in the Rye, and the required summer reading involves ghosts inhabiting another body sex. Like, mm-hmm. in what planet does this make sense? Public schools. Oh, I I used that as an argument against my principal when he pulled the plug on us doing a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I was like, uh, can you tell me why you did that? And he said, I'm worried about the message it sends our young women because there's courtesans in that show, right? And I went, well, what about the rape in Streetcar Named Desire or the sex and rape in The Lovely Bones? Right. Um, what, uh, what do you got there? <laughs> Nothing. And he, was, and he was like, those are valid points, but get out. <laughs> you're, you're a child. I'm an adult. 
I really am only doing this so you feel like you've been heard. I've done that already. Go away. I was like, I have been heard, but clearly there's a thing here. <laughs> so Carl shows up, and they're trying to kill Oda and Sam is weak because he was just inside Oda literally. And that's the thing. We also we can talk about this like from Oda from Molly's perspective. She's making out with Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, but she knows it's Sam. I know. Like Whoopi but... touches her the way Sam used to touch her, right? So except it's not Sam's hand. It is Whoopi Goldberg's hands. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how like oh his mind is so... no. It is the mouth of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> it is the eyebrowless face of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Do they kiss? I don't remember the, the kiss. Yes. Part. Oh. They kiss, and they dance, and they hold each other. I remember the holding of the dancing. I forgot the kiss. I'm fairly (laughs) certain that they kiss. Yeah, also she would smell like lady perfume and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it is weird. I I think it's weird. I also thought it was weird in The Lovely Bones. The Lovely Bones is just like ghost plus one. Yeah. (laughs) The Lovely Bones is like, hey, ghost, we're going to yes and you. Improv. (laughs) Get in there. See what happens. So Sam's very weak, and the girls are running from Crazy Carl, who's in full-on crazy mode. They go upstairs to the second to the empty loft above them. <laughs> right. Why are there so many two-story lofts in this building? I don't know. What building is this? But there's a great moment where Carl tries to chase. They go out the fire escape, and Sam mm-hmm. goes to punch Carl, and he really has no strength, so he can't do it. So he throws like a couple of wild haymakers, and then he throws a double punch, like both fists forward at the same time, <laughs> which is... Perhaps the least effective attack you could make. Right? <laughs> he throws like a solid double punch to where I was like, did he just do that? And I rewound the movie. It was like, yeah, he did. He definitely yeah. did. Yes, he that. did. So they have a big old fight. He throws Otome to the ground and tries to kill her. And Molly fights. He throws her off. Right. And then Swayze finally gets his power back. But see, this is what's interesting. Swayze starts like poking at Carl, right? He starts hitting him and messing with him. But Carl kills himself. Carl throws this pulley on a rope at Swayze and obviously he's a ghost so it doesn't do anything but it does hit he also can't see Swayze right but so it hits Carl and he stumbles backwards and then the pulley hits the window and the window shatters and comes down and cuts Carl right through the guts well it it hits the window twice it never hits Carl oh then why did he stumble backward he that's where the pulley was he went back to the open window where the pulley was and threw it and was like I'm gonna get you somehow and it smashed the window, and then it smashed the window again, and then the window fell. Oh, okay. I must have missed a piece in there. But I know because this is the – every time I think about death in movies, I think about – this is, like, the first thing I think of. Okay. Interesting. But it, uh, it's just – it's interesting from a screenwriting perspective, though, because Sam is the good guy, so he can't kill anybody. Well, he also is a ghost, so I don't think he can kill anybody. Like, that's requires, that requires well, a lot more effort. push him out the window. Like, onto the fire escape? I mean, anywhere. He could push him over the fire escape. Yeah, I think that then I had to do the implications of, well, how many people die by ghost attacks now? Well, now that ghost attacks are a a murder way. I mean, lots. They have to be. But I think it's just so Swayze ends the movie as a good guy because you can't have a guy murder someone as a ghost and then be like, oh, now he's off to to heaven. heaven. (laughs) I don't think that would fly. Not in middle America. Not in Arkansas. And then the shadow goblins. Right. Take. But Carl. But there's one part that we missed that I really like. Carl, the glass impales him. He's all bloody. And he, like, puts his hand on the glass, and there's a perfect, like, Oh, yeah. And then. A slow. Yeah. Collapse. Like, his hand squeaks the glass one last time, and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Carl gets taken off to hell, obviously. Because, duh. And Sam finally gets his light. And he sees 
And then uh, Demi Moore can see him now. And he gets one last ghost makeout sesh. Mm-hmm. I love they kiss. I love you, Molly. I've always loved you. And she says, ditto. I know. <laughs> and she Han Solo's him. Yeah. But so, here's the thing. Her life's oh, ruined, no. right? Not ruined. Like, she explicitly knows there's an afterlife that's cool, and the dude that she's in love with and wants to spend forever with is in it. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, that's the complicated world that is now existing for Odame Brown and Demi Moore, Molly, whatever. Oh, not Odame. Odame's probably not going to heaven. Odame knows she's probably not going to heaven, so she's just staying here. I don't know. At this ghosts. point, Odame's done some pretty good deeds. She gave more, $4 million to a church. By force. Still did it. She would have kept it, though. I don't. I think what you do counts more than what you want to do. I think it's the opposite. I think you can do whatever. Like, if you're doing good stuff, but your mind is gross. No, I then don't that's think so. the bad part. No, I don't think so. I think if you, like, live your life as a philanthropist, but inside you really want to murder everybody, but you never do the murder, and you're still a good person. Are you saying those people are going to heaven? Who? The the wannabe murderers? <laughs> yeah. The, like, the wannabe acts. Like, not like, oh, I wish I would hit him with my car, but the people are like, I wish I could skin that man. I mean, do they ever do it? I feel like your actions have to count more than your thoughts. Everybody has crazy mm. thoughts. I've wanted to push people off things before. Yeah, I don't know. I th- to me being like I like the mind of like, oh, I would have. I just want to keep this money, but the stupid ghost is making me give it away. I mean, let me that rephrase before person. I look like a lunatic. I've never actually before thought you about look like a serial killer. <laughs> I've never thought like, oh, I would actually like to murder that person, but I have definitely wanted to punch lots of people in the face. Like that is a yeah, pretty you- much weekly occurrence for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel or like the the. The cold spaghetti question. Yeah. So I feel like not wanting – cold spaghetti question is who would you like to throw a clump of cold spaghetti at, by the way. I feel like – Oh, that's – yeah. I've had, <laughs> you, you can't make an inside joke between deep. the two of us for – It's not the two – I heard it from Grace Helbig's podcast, Not Too Deep. Okay. Well, in any case, back to the original point. Molly's life is pretty much ruined. Oh, Molly's life is for sure. She could just kill herself now. Because she's a good person. You're like, well, go to heaven. But, you can't, but depending on whose rules you're following, you can't go to heaven if you kill yourself. That's true. So Molly has That's to think true. of a way to die contrivedly. So just suicide by police. Right. Like that's 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 gonna thing. Molly's gonna brandish a weapon in a police station and be like, I'm kicking you all out and then getting gunned down. <laughs> <laughs> they slow mo. Right. But that's that's the secret horror of this movie that I didn't didn't occur to me until finishing it. That besides Demi Moore making out with Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> I think that is perfectly fine if you have a thing for women without eyebrows <laughs> and egots and e- well that goes without saying. But uh, yeah, I, that was the, that was like the fringe horror moment of me after watching this movie. Is like, oh, Demi Moore's life is ruined because she's gonna be just missing her the man that she knows is like a, a click click away. It's the same problem mm-hmm. I have with the end of Titanic, which I think we might have talked about once before. But the end of Titanic, Rose like fell in love with Jack when she was what sixteen or whatever. I don't I don't remember the solid mm-hmm. details. But then she dies and goes to heaven, and everyone she ever knew is there and loved, and they're all like applauding. They're like, "Welcome to heaven!" And she, it's not in the movie. She's still a million. But no, but not that. She had a family. Like, she went to New York, she lived, she had a family, she had children, she had grandchildren, she had great-grandchildren, she had a man she spent her whole life with. She runs past all of those people to the dude she boned one time when she was 16. (laughs) Pushed off a door. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, 
that's the most awful thing I could think of. That the man who loved her for presumably decades and spent like his whole life worshiping this woman was like, oh, that 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 dude you boned once in a car. Although in his defense, it is Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, but like frozen corpse DiCaprio. If we're led to believe you look like what you would look when you died, because Rose shows up at 150 or whatever. <laughs> That's true. I they should have gone back to Kate Winslet. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't really don't remember. I don't remember either. It's been. But all I'm saying is like it's one of those Titanic. like wait a minute that's a terrible ending. This is how I felt here of like to me more getting to see Swayze and ghost kiss him makes me feel like oh because there's. There's always going to be if, if she never saw Sam. There's a kernel of like maybe that woman made it all up, right? Like it's preposterous to right. think that, but you could at least be like, well, I don't know really what happened. <laughs> maybe this, maybe Whoopi Goldberg just really wanted to kiss me, right? She's like really contrived to, to make out with me. <laughs> it was a it was a really weird thirteen step plan. Yeah, it was like a crazy person's push pins and yarn <laughs> board, but it worked. Yeah. Uh, so Sam goes to heaven. Yep. Roll credits. That's the end of the movie. Cue the Righteous Brothers one more time. Uh, we should do everybody's favorite segment. Hot tag tagline. Hot tag tagline. Ghosts, aka how I learned to be me. <laughs> uh, hot tag tagline. Ghost. We're finally watching Ghost. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke, but I'm glad you did. I was someone had to make it. Would you recommend this movie? A hundred percent if you like i said if you are listening to this podcast and haven't watched ghost after you reach out to me watch ghost <laughs> uh, i thoroughly 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 enjoyed this movie it's 15 minutes too long by any standard because it's over two hours and that's a little ridiculous for this movie but it's, i did i did notice that but it's good it's really good like it's to the point where i'm like i feel like i want to read the screenplay for ghost because i might learn some things in there it's yeah it's really re- it's a well-structured or the movie. novelization <laughs> not the novelization the screenplay <laughs> i want to learn about the movie making part <laughs> oh i think before we wrap this up though we need to play a very important round of marry fuck kill Youngblood, um, Roadhouse, Ghost, Swayze. Um, I think it's going to be... When was he youngest? Was that Youngblood? Yes. For the sake of the argument... Is he dead or alive? That's what I was going to say. For the sake of the argument, we're talking pre-murder <laughs> Sam. Is it kill then, Mary? <laughs> we're talking pre-murder Sam. Okay. Then I'm going to F Youngblood, kill Roadhouse, and marry Ghost. Wow, you're killing you're killing Roadhouse Swayze. I know, only because a Ghost Sam clearly has money. Well, yeah. Also, he's Ghost Sam, and he still has the rock and bod. And even if he does die, he's still there. Uh, I am also obviously marrying Ghost Swayze because I want that fat Wall Street money. I, I want that ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I will happily apartment. be his arty courtesan. Thank you very much. <laughs> I already am halfway there. <laughs> Um, I am Artie. I'll be the, I'll, all I need is the rich dude. The difference is though, I am boning uh, Roadhouse Swayze because one dude looks like he knows what he's doing, and two, Obvi. he's like Zen, so maybe he'll read you some poetry when he's done. He does, isn't it? I know. So I want to get in on that. Plus, Ben Gazzara gets to hang out with you a little bit, and I'd enjoy that. Uh, and lastly, See, I get to hang out with Rob Lowe. <laughs> Yeah, it is a good era of Rob Lowe, but you know, then you get into a whole complicated thing. Obviously, I'm gonna have to kill. But then he irons it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to kill Youngblood uh, Swayze, which is funny because he almost dies in that movie too. This is true. Well, that about wraps it up here. Don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about me. 
What? Doc. Don't you forget about Doc, me. Doc, I think he's waking up. Don't you forget about me. What? He's awake. Andrew. Oh, Wait. Are you, are you okay? You hit your head really hard. Where's Oda May? What? Oda, Oda May Brown. Whoopi Goldberg's character in Ghost. She was here. No. She's in the movie Ghost, where she only exists because she's a fictional character. No, we were there. The DeLorean landed in the movie Ghost, right in the alley where Swayze was shot, when he was shot. We we never even got in the DeLorean. No, it wasn't a dream. You were there. And Doc, you were there. No, I just... And Oda May was there. No, I just woke you up. We need to go record our next podcast. What? Yeah. For... We just did that. No, f- we, just, no we just did that. No, for, I, well, the Ghost doesn't even take place in the 80s. I know, but I just wish I was watching Ghost. Look, just because it's a leap year, all right, doesn't mean we're going to break the format or something ridiculous like that. That would be preposterous. We promised when we started this podcast we were never going to break the format. I understand. What are we watching? Roar! Dissecting the 80s is a chum some of this production. Dun, 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 dun. And then are you going to drop in the I wish I – oh, no, never mind. We have yeah. a plan. The, the, my reveal of we're watching Ghost finally, is that going to be at the end, the stinger? So Andrew has no idea what we're about to watch, but I'm going to put this on and play it for him so you guys get the live reaction of his finding out what we're watching. What are you doing? Recording your reaction. I want to get it live. When okay. you find out with a special mystery. Just audio? Okay. I have no idea what this is going to be. That name sounds familiar. Howard Coach. Coach. Jerry Sucker. These, all, these names all sound familiar. Stop whispering. Just talk. We're doing ghosts? <laughs> we're finally going to do ghosts? <laughs> we're finally doing ghosts <laughs> after how many episodes of me saying I wish I was watching ghosts I finally just get to watch we're ghosts finally watching ghosts oh you in danger girl <laughs> Oda Mae Brown oh my Whoopi Goldberg uh huh in her star turn, is this her, because her star turn? Well, it's certainly one it, of it them. It got her an Oscar, an Oscar, yeah. Oscar, got yeah. the Oscar. Yeah, part of her egot. <laughs> so, oh my God. happy leap day! Happy leap day to us all. Fresh rhubarb for everyone. <laughs>